0: Welcome back to the Eyes Up Life podcast with me, Ben Granis. Eyes Up started as a 7,000 mile solo bike trip around the United States to raise awareness for distracted driving. I did that. Yes, me, Ben, did that, ended in September 2022 and immediately moved on to the next phase of raising awareness, which is what you are listening to now. I drove around the country and interviewed 21 Max's Tires athletes and affiliates. And now I'm sharing our conversation in full on this podcast. So if that video, which hopefully you watched two days ago, those videos that Max's Tires is putting out, if that didn't totally scratch the itch, this podcast will hopefully fill your cup and maybe your cup may even runneth over. Because four minutes is just not long enough to get the full scope of what we talked about. And today I am joined by Alex Ray, professional motocross racer, super nice guy. We're about the same age. I think he's a couple years older than me. I met him in sunny, beautiful Southern California outside of his garage. And we chatted about all things motocross, digital wellness, distracted driving, and cycling. Because something I learned is that Folks in the motocross world do a lot of pedaling on actual bicycles when they're not on their motorized motocross bikes. And Alex, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but he really loves biking. So I guess spoiler alert. But our conversation, hopefully, really enjoyable. We're going to jump right into it and stick around to the end for a little outro and a little preview for what's going to be. Next in the series, and who will be next? We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy.
1: I'm Alex Ray, and uh, yeah, I'm from a small town called Atwood, Tennessee, but uh, living in California now. So wait, what part of California? Uh, yeah, we're in Marietta right now. We're Marietta, California, sort of like uh, southern mecca of dirt bikes. Pretty much. So, uh, it's the mecca of dirt bikes. Why? Why is that? Uh, I think it's just because um, most of the industry is out here, right? I mean, you know, right across the street we have KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas, uh, engine builders. uh, You know, just like companies, you know, that are really into the sport and you know who have products for the sport. And most of the teams are centrally located out here. So, how did you end up out here from Tennessee? Uh, so pretty much, I mean, I've been riding dirt bikes my whole life. Uh, I, um, I started racing professionally I was just kind of bouncing around, driving to each race, but, uh, I really wanted to elevate my program. And, uh, so that's whenever I des- decided to move out here because the weather's a lot better, uh, out here and, uh, you don't really miss a day of training due to weather most of the time. Even if it is raining, there is a place that you can go ride or, you know, or train, Tell me about growing up in Tennessee. What was that like? Uh, it was good. It was hot in the hot in the summer and cold in the winter. Um, it's a great place to grow up. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, super small town, great family. Uh, My dad loves dirt bikes. He raced as well. Um, So yeah, I mean, I had a a bunch of great friends. I grew up on a lot of land, and uh, and yeah, just it was just dirt bikes and uh, fun times back there in Tennessee. How'd you get into dirt into dirt bikes? Was that a family thing or? Yeah, yeah, it was a family thing. Um, you know, whenever I first started, both my sisters rode quads, actually. I was the only one who rode dirt bikes because my dad, he grew up riding dirt bikes as well. Um, and he's who just pretty much as soon as I was born, he got me an AMA uh, membership, like, right when I was born. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, he, he raced, and then that sort of just translated over to me, and uh, here we are. So your sisters, so you, have, you have two sisters? Yeah, I have two sisters, yeah. Are they? Old? Where do you fall on the line? I'm the youngest. Yeah, I'm the I'm the baby. But uh, but yeah, they're they're married. They have kids now and all of that. So yeah, they're they're kind of removed, but they're still huge fans of the sport. Did they ever decide to go professional? Or? No, no, no. They just they just rode for fun. Like I said, it was a family sport. It's, it's something that we did on the weekends. You know, we just all loaded up in the motorhome and went to the races as a family. Right on. So, how how many years have you been out here in California? I think I'm going on my sixth year. Sixth year out here. And is that about how
0: long you've been racing professionally, or?
1: No, I've been professional for eleven years now. Um, like I said, like the I was just at first I was kind of just stoked to be a professional dirt bike racer. You know, just traveling the world. I didn't take it as serious as I do now. Um, yeah, the, six years ago, or I would say seven years ago, is when I, re- I really was like, all right, like I really want to do this. Really, I I want to get better and you know just see if see what I can do. You know what I mean? Um, those first few years were were tough. Uh, I had a lot of injuries, but um, yeah, I, I would say I really turned the corner about seven years ago.
0: Talk to me about the sport and the risk factors because you're you're the you're, you're the first motocross racer that i've interviewed that's what it's motocross right? yeah motocross right.
1: and supercross yeah. okay
0: cool so i i haven't interviewed anyone in that world so tell me a little bit about the sport and what what risk factors you have uh you.
1: the sport's great i mean riding a dirt bike it's uh it's amazing you get a huge adrenaline rush just like any sport right like uh, any action sport um there is a huge risk factor you know because we are going at at high speeds and uh when we do crash it's usually not good right i mean I've broken everything pretty much in my body, but, uh, you know, I mean, you know, there's, there's times where you're like, man, why am I doing this? But at the same time, like that, that always fades, you know, that's only like the first few days you're, you're hurt. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just something about being on two wheels that there's no other feeling like it. You know, once I feel like once someone or or like a kid or anyone rides a motorcycle and it's just it seems like you're just hooked right off the bat, right? Whether that be any sport, like riding a bicycle or riding a dirt bike or, or riding a street bike, anything, right? Like, it's just, um, it just seems like, like it sticks with you. What's been the, the biggest setback or hurdle in your career and how did you get through it? Uh, it's something, I mean, I've had, I've had a, quite a few of those. <laughs> but, uh, the most recent one is, like, I have two really, really bad wrists, um, and then uh, I'm sort of coming back from that now. I, uh, I dislocated I mean, I broke both of my like scaphoids in both my wrists, um, and then like I, I dislocated my ri- my right wrist in um, 2018. Got it fixed, and then I was just like super dumb and just wanted to get back to racing super, super quick, right? So like as soon as I got the pins out the same day, I had my bike loaded and I went and tried to ride. And I think I ended up like stretching the ligaments. In there, and, and over time, it was just like started just to be bone on bone arthritis and I couldn't really hang on. So I uh, went back to the doctor. I went to a specialist. Um, I ended up getting both my wrists um, fixed. Um, and then uh, I, my right one, the one that I dislocated, I ended up getting it fused. And then afterwards, it was great. I don't have that much movement, but it was great. Um, and then I ended up crashing and then breaking the fusion apart. So that set me back even more, and then um so i had to get i had to go back in I had to get bones removed, I had to get bones trimmed i had to get it refused right so um that was that's what I've been sort of dealing with and uh I just started back riding maybe two week, two three weeks ago now um and uh yeah i mean it, i I have you know carpal tunnel arthritis nerve damage um tendinitis everything in it um and it sucks but uh you know i just the love for the sport right so so you just
0: started riding a few weeks ago and you're heading to paris tomorrow
1: yes Yes. to compete yes so i only had like i did a i did a race in melbourne australia about two weeks ago and i'd only had two days on the bike and they called me and they're like, hey, do you want to race this weekend? I'm like, uh, I mean, I just started riding, but yeah, sure, I'll go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I've done it for so many years. Like I know how to ride a dirt bike. You know, I can pretty much hop on anything um, and and do what, you know, do the jumps, I guess, you know, and, and try to be competitive. Um, I don't know. I'm not 100% yet, but uh, I'm, working on, I'm working on getting getting back there. So, uh, what, so that, that's, oh, that's a
0: lot that you've been working through. What's, what's, been the, what's been sort of like your success in the sport? Um, what, like, what, what are you most proud of?
1: Uh, most proud of, actually, that same year I dislocated my wrist and I got back on the bike, which, I mean, I look back now, I probably could have taken like a week or two more, but I didn't. Um, I ended up getting a, a factory fill-in uh, for like factory Yamaha in the U S here. Um, that was like what every kid dreams of riding a factory motorcycle, you know, In uh, the outdoor season that year. And I did, I did ended up doing really, really well. Um, I didn't get a top 10. I was, I think my best overall was, was 12th. I think I got 11th in a moto, but I mean, that's, I mean, at that, I mean, I'm at the top of the sport and, you know, to be top 15 in the world was, was freaking amazing. Right. So, and to be on a factory team and have everything catered to you. Uh, I think that was that was my main thing and then I probably second would be um the following year after that I got picked up by a Suzuki team. Um you know, it was a smaller Suzuki team but uh they're they were working their way up and they're I mean they're they're like a factory Suzuki team now. But then um I got top 20 in points uh throughout the whole series in 2019. So yeah. Uh, those are those are probably, like, the two on my resume that, you know, I'll never forget. So it sounds like you've had a pretty good career
0: so far. Like, what's the uh, – I mean, you mentioned this before. Like, when I was just setting up, you may maybe looking to exit the sport
1: in a little bit. What's the yeah. usual, like, lifespan of a – um, It's – it's, I would say that it's extending a little bit more now. Um, people are getting into, like, their – you know, 33, 34 around there. Um, even shoot, I think the oldest guy we have in in the sport right now, he's still doing super well. Uh, he's like 38. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, most people around 30 is, you know, whenever they, they sort of exit the sport, um, unless they're, they're, you know, successful at it, you know, but, uh, I've used up, I've used up my body pretty, pretty good. So, um, I still want to stay in the industry and, and, you know, have a job doing something, you know, that, that, uh, that's around the sport that, you know, gave me, you know, so much happiness. Can you just sort of summarize what an experience is like for you when
0: you're doing a race? Like, are you, is it all track-based or, or something?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's all track-based. Um, the difference between Supercross and Motocross is, like, Supercross is in either baseball or football stadiums. Um, all around the world, or mainly Supercross, the Supercross series is in the US, right, and then Outdoors is more of like a open field type track, um, bigger jumps, longer motos, uh, like gnarlier, grittier, you're more like grassroots type stuff, Um, and I excel a little bit more in the Supercross aspect, I feel like, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's... you know, they, they build a track and we just race it. I mean, there's different obstacles every weekend. So they literally move dirt into a stadium mm-hmm. and create jumps and yeah. banks and everything. Yeah. It's like pretty much like 500 truckloads of dirt, um, like 80 man hours of just building the track each weekend. Uh, so like the the track builders, they, they fly in early, build the track, and then they stay and you take everything down. And all the dirt comes out of the stadium. What sort of height do you reach on a jump on uh, some of these? I think three stories. Wow. What is it, what well, it? No, no. Was it three stories? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And are you doing like tricks and things or no. are you really just trying to get up and down as well, quick as possible? Yeah. I mean, pretty much like up and down as quick as possible. I mean, for the most part, we try to stay as low as possible, you know, low and, and skim across the jump as fast as possible it's time-based yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
0: right it's a race (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
1: i mean there's 22 (laughs) of the fastest riders on that night racing to to see who's the best right so
0: wow so uh, that it seems like a pretty high likelihood
1: of crashes yes yes very very high likelihood i mean they have different obstacles they have uh triples the finish line uh whoops rhythm sections that you have to like Um, sequence to see which one is the fastest um, during practice during qualifying because you know yeah there's 22 of the fastest guys racing um, on that night but you know you know 90 to 100 people show up you know and those are the fastest guys in the world you know who all have their pro license so they qualify and uh you know they have qualifying practice in the morning and then the top 40 go to the night program and that's whenever we race, heat races and qualifiers to get into the main event. So 22 is like set for the main event on each. Saturday. Got it. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, how did you get involved with Maxis? Um, so i I rode the last three years. I rode for like a, like a smaller team. Um, and, uh, I, that's whenever I met Chris at, at Maxis and, uh, I'm not riding for them anymore. I'm sort of wanting to do more of my own thing and, uh, you know, Ma, you know, um, maxis it just seems to me like they're just great people you know they want to uh they want to you know create a good product for you know the average consumer um whether it be bicycles you know truck tires um, razors dirt bikes anything right and uh and I feel like you know they're super great people and I want great people around me. Yeah. So
0: you mentioned bicycles, obviously they make tires for mountain bikes and uh, the whole line. Um, and you also were talking about bikes in your training. So Mm -hmm. what's, what's the balance between actual training on your, uh, dirt bike versus
1: other forms of cycling. Okay. So, um, training on the dirt bike, you know, we're pretty much like red line the whole time. You know, we're, our heart rates are zone five the whole time. It seems like, um, and why is that? Like why? Like it's it's just a lot because most of the time, whenever you're riding a dirt bike, you're doing jumps, you're hitting corners, you have ruts to factor in. Most of the time, you're you're not even breathing. It's crazy to think, right? But uh, the only time you're breathing is whenever you're in the air. You have to remind yourself. You're like, oh, if not, your arms will pump up and everything. So, whenever we cycle, um, like we ride our road bikes, mountain bikes, you know, even the e-bikes too, like for recovery days, um, you know, like since it's such a like a physically demanding sport um during the off season or even in the season you know it's such a gnarly workload that we need to spin our legs out or you know it's what we use like on our days that we don't ride to do intervals or anything like um we have like our boot camp right it's where i mean we ride our bicycles probably anywhere from 8 to 10 hours a week and that's without that's on days that we are riding and days that we aren't riding as well. So like on days that we are riding, you know, we'll usually do anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour of warm up on a bicycle in the morning. And then we'll go to the track and ride our dirt bikes for whichever schedule that we have for that day. And then afterwards we'll do maybe an hour afterwards uh, to spin our legs out and help us recover for the next day. It's probably an obvious answer to the question, but what's like, how would you compare
0: riding on a pedal bike versus a dirt bike? Like what are the, What's the, it, when, uh, when you're actually not, obviously we know you're pedaling on a pedal bike, but like what's, what, a, when you're
1: actually experiencing it, what are the differences? Um, it depends. Like on a mountain bike, I'm just trying not to freak, I'm just trying not to crash right with the rock gardens and the jumps and all that. Like, I'm not really even that good at it. It, it it's crazy to think because I ride a dirt bike for a living, but it's like the, the bicycle is so light sometimes, you know, to like the average dirt bike rider, maybe like the e-bike is a little bit closer um but like say if you're on a cross-country bike or something like that it, it gets a little sketchy sometimes in the rock garden um but like for me it's like super calming and relaxing and it it's kind of like a remote like you remove yourself from everything whenever you're on like say like a road bike or something you're just cruising down cruising down the road you know maybe i don't know it's just relaxing sometimes whether i mean Maybe not on the days that you have intervals or something like that. You're huffing and puffing. But for the most part, like a nice base ride, uh, those are those are the ones I like. Sweet. Um, so we're in a pretty busy part of the country in
0: terms of population and driving and everything. Tell me about your experience with, if you have any experience directly or not, with um, distracted drivers around here.
1: Yeah, um, I feel like we have a lot of cyclists around here. I try to... I try to cycle on, you know, definitely on roads that have like a a nice shoulder on them or or something like that. I try not to to go on the super busy roads, but sometimes, you know, we have to, um, you know, I have to be aware myself because, you know, sometimes, you know, people are either on their phone or eating a burger or something like that. And uh, yeah, there's been a few instances, you know, uh, whether or not, you know, just, people just don't like people on bikes bicycles sometimes. So they'll just lay on the horn just because, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, it gets pretty sketchy sometimes. What, what goes through your head during, when you have a close call or someone's honking at you? Um, I'm mean, going to be honest. Like, I hope the light, the next light turns red and I freaking roll up to him at the red light.
0: <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. And
0: What like walk me
1: through like an example of that? Um, I don't know. I just sort of stare at them and just, you know, make eye contact with them the whole time. I mean, I don't really, like, say much or do anything. I just like to stare at them just to make sure they know that I'm there, you know. And has anyone ever, like, responded
0: back to you or gotten pissed? Uh,
1: I would say a few times when we were on a group ride. It wasn't me, but it was, it was you know, someone that we were riding with that maybe got a little bit aggressive. But um, nothing, nothing too crazy
0: right um how how about you when you're driving in your car in your car like what's are you distracted by your phone what's the what's what's the engagement with your phone or your cars like uh i try
1: i try to stay pretty removed from it you know uh the the whole phone thing and then whenever i do see a cyclist i always because i i've been in their situation too right you know like i'm on the road bike as well so uh, i always try to give the most amount of room i can you know if possible and always you know be respectful for it
0: are you aware of the um the driving focus feature on your phone
1: yes do you use yeah. it uh i do not i don't know how to like get to it but i know like other people do and i get their notifications i i need to ask somebody like hey where can i do that but i just haven't really we want to do it much. we can do it right now if okay want. all right yeah, yeah let's do it yeah <laughs> let's do it yeah so just go to settings all right because my buddy, Don Maeda, who's also with Maxis as well, um, I always get his notifications. I, I wanted like if to you ask him. you text him while he's driving? I, I like do, it would, yeah. No,
0: like it'll, it'll come yeah, back it'll to you. Yeah, it'll come back to me,
1: yeah. All right, and then you go to... Do... Focus. Focus, all
0: right. And then there should be a little plus button up there. Okay. You hit that, and then there should be a driving one. Driving. Driving. Boom. And then... Um, Then you can turn on like the auto reply thing, which is the text. I'm not sure what the screen looks like right now.
1: It says allow people for notifications. Yeah, so if you want
0: like your fiance or someone to to be able to get through or, I mean, anyone can reach you if they call twice. Um, Like it'll go through, Um, but if you want.
1: Let's see, okay, all right, and then boom. And then turn driving on automatically. Done. All right. I think we're good. Sweet. While your phone's out,
0: I, I kind of want to talk about um, social media and like our phone use generally. Okay. Do you ever look at your screen time?
1: It's a lot. It's
0: a lot. <laughs> Do you wanna, Can we look at it? Uh, it's a there's, lot. There's no shame here. Okay. All uh, right. This is, a, this is a safe space. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But I'm just curious what, what it says for, although since it's Let's only see. Monday, probably your daily average is going to be...
1: Let's see, where, how do I look at that? know so it's right
0: below the focus in your settings.
1: Okay, um, let me go focus. Let me go back. Screen time, oof. Dang. S- I'm actually down 17% from last week. I think, so <laughs> it,
0: I, I think, I mean, mine says I'm down 52%. I think it's because it's Monday. Oh, so yeah. if you go to see all activity there, you see that? And then swipe to last week. Hold on.
1: Okay. See all activity.
0: And if you just swipe over, it'll show you last week. week. And that's what we'll look at. Oof. What is, what's your average for last week? Uh,
1: seven hours and 12 minutes.
0: Okay. And what, uh, what's your most used app?
1: Instagram. And how much time does it say? <laughs> 11 hours and 56 minutes. For the week. Yeah what
0: is that surprising to you or how, how does that, how does that feel?
1: Uh, I mean, no, I mean, it's not surprising because it's, it's just, I don't know. Like I use, uh, I mean, Instagram is like a huge platform for like us athletes, you know, like especially, uh, for me and like doing like my personal deals. Right. So it's like, it's a way for me to brand myself. It's almost like a, it's almost like a job. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah so what, wh-
0: when you think about the, the 11 hours and whatever minutes, um, what, What's the balance that you're using? Like, is it mostly, would you say, like, creating content for your own page and
1: promotion, or do you feel like you can, cons- like, it's consuming, like, you're consuming um, media? It's a mix between both. I mean, it's definitely consuming, right? Like, you, you know, you always follow, like, uh, I I like to follow, like, some, like, inspirational stuff as well as, like, I mean, obviously, I want to see, like, what my friends are doing and all that stuff, too, but... Um, yeah, I mean I I like to try and and do like content for myself as well. Is there any aspect of Instagram that you find that you get
0: sucked into that you wish you weren't and what is that?
1: Um No, not really. Uh like <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because like my dad like with him being older, right? You wouldn't think that he's like big into like social media or whatever, but he always he kind of like he looks at all my stuff, and then sometimes, like, I'll just, I'll send him some, like, funny, you know, funny videos that I see on, on Instagram and stuff, but, um, and, and I don't know. I don't really try to get sucked into it. It's, like, the main thing I'll, I would say, like, I got sucked into whenever I was hurt was seeing other people riding, and that was what was, like, tough on me, right? Because, like, I was like, man, I should be riding, I should be training, but I couldn't, right, because, like, my wrist is broken, so... Um, that was the main thing that sucked in like for me and like made me feel like, Oh man, like this sucks, but I got over it. I'm back on her bike now. So we're good.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're glad that you're back. Uh, to this point. Um, so so uh, there's, a, there's a recent study that kind of looked into the average American's use of social media, and the, what they found was that over the course of the average American's life, they'll spend uh, about five years of their life on social media. Wow. Um, so first, before we break that down, I just want to hear like, what your reaction is to that.
1: That's a long time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is a very, very long time. Holy cow.
0: The thing that that was really surprising to me, the thing that was more surprising was when they broke down the the amount of time it is per day, and it's really not a lot. I forget what the exact numbers are, but I have them, and I'll share them with you, Um, because it's it's less than you might think. Um, It is. They... I'm not this is just for the average American, so you know it the the breakdown maybe not is is maybe not applicable to you, but it says youtube this is per day uh, over the course of a lifetime forty minutes facebook thirty five minutes Instagram fifteen minutes, and twitter just a minute mm. so that when you add it up over a lifetime is five years and four months Wow. so I think
1: if if you continued that average, I think it'd be more than five five years. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It would be yeah. I mean, because if you think like eleven hours in a week, that's more than forty minutes a day or something like that. Yeah. Right. Um,
0: now I'm curious. Like, and a, a point that's come up over the course of this project is like, social media is very young. Like we've only had it around for just over ten years. So. Like, where do you see social media going in the next ten years?
1: I don't know. I really don't. Um, I mean, I don't really see it going anywhere. Um, but I do seeing it. I do see it going to a place that probably isn't isn't good, right? Like, cause, you know, you you have these people like sometimes get on there and like wish that there's someone else, or if they see like you know, someone who's living like this glorious lifestyle and they want to do that, but they can't. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I see it. I see it probably. Hopefully.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, we have, we have no idea. It's just like an interesting thing to, to think about, but like, if you like, what, 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 is there anything that like, you know, kind of looking at the amount of time that you spent, That you spend on your phone is there something that you would change or like what's something that like you could forego like to try to get more of your life time back
1: um i would say just be more present in the moment right and just uh appreciate appreciate life a little bit more without like the phone yeah maybe maybe just i don't know maybe putting the phone down You know, like, whenever I'm doing day-to-day stuff, right? Or, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because obviously, you're, like, and I'm not, this is, there's no shame in any of this. It's just, like, an interesting, like, thing that. just, some people are super aware of their phone habits, and they know it and they don't feel like changing it. Some mm-hmm. people are unaware, realize how much time they're spending on their phone, and they do want to change it. Yeah. But regardless, we all have time when we're not on our phone and are aware of what we're doing. Like, what, when, do you, when are you most present with what you're doing, and like, when are you happiest?
1: Most present on what I'm doing is probably freaking on a bicycle and on a dirt bike because you know that's, that's the main thing um you know if I lose focus for two seconds then you could be on the ground or you could be hit you know by a car or anything um but uh I don't know maybe cooking dinner yeah that's that's whenever I'm like I'm in my zone right there cooking dinner yeah what do you like to make just like the average thing like just like chicken veggies and rice you know like that's just nice dinner but you're in the zone you're feeling good just cooking everything up yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's awesome yeah i love cooking too it's such
0: a good it's such a good way to like use your hands and also Mm -hmm. have like a great reward at the end of it um what would you say to people who are um more because you're a cyclist you're aware of your phone use in the car what would you say to people who are victim to being on their phone while they're driving to get them to
1: understand the consequences. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, you could, you could easily, you know, not pay attention and hit a curb and, you know, someone be walking down the street or, you know, like float that white line and say there could be a cyclist there, you know? So, uh, that's never worth, you know, the five seconds you're on your phone, checking a text message.
0: What's the solution? Because a lot of people, you know, the the classic answer is like, Oh, I'm good at multitasking or I'm good at, driving like yeah. texting
1: while driving yeah um, I mean I don't know like nowadays I feel like you know some of the newer cars you know have that like driving feature but I mean and and people think that it's okay to still you know text and drive but I mean I feel like that's still like a new technology so I feel like yeah just don't do it
0: <laughs> what comes to mind when you think
1: of distracted driving uh I mean everything right I mean Drive through, you know. You say you go in through, you get a burger, and then like you're eating your burger, and then you spill ketchup on your shirt, and you're like, oh man, you're looking down, or if you drop something, you know, and you look, you're trying to get it, and then next thing you know, you're in the next lane, and then overcorrecting, and boom, <laughs> big crash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's the whole thing. Yeah, just it's just not being present while driving. It's a pretty. I mean, it's a big motorized vehicle, right? I mean, they're, they're you know always wear your seatbelt, but at the same time, just say, yeah, just try to be in the moment there. What's your, what's your favorite, kind of
0: going back to social media, what's your favorite thing about social media and what's your least favorite? Uh,
1: least favorite would probably be the keyboard warriors. Um, what's that? <laughs> keyboard warriors are people just like sitting on the couch, just wanting to stir stuff up. Always hateful comments, always just trying to stir the pot. Uh, for someone who's, who's maybe just trying to better themselves. And then um, the best thing is just maybe like the inspiration that, you know, some of the people give or I don't know, the funny like uh, dog memes, (laughs) you know, or like the cats that are like walking up the walls and stuff. And I don't know. I just like, maybe the funny videos are probably the best. And then the keyboard warriors are definitely the, uh, definitely the worst.
0: Any advice to the younger generation who gets access to phones way earlier than you and I did? Uh, for, sorry, that was a really, it's a broad, broad
1: question, re- related to their phones. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say spend more time outside because that's, I mean, that's what I did as a kid, right? I didn't have a cell phone whenever I was a kid. Spend more time outside. Don't worry about the phones. And then how about for, um, like, for pursuing
0: what you want to do what would you like if you could give advice to any young person who is maybe experiencing pressure to go into the corporate world or something that's high paying but they really want to do something awesome and crazy like what you're doing Mm -hmm. i mean
1: anything is possible right um you know everyone everyone wakes up and puts their pants on the same way every morning you know um, you you know we're all we're all humans there's there's nothing different I wouldn't say from the president of the United States than than me right like we're just we're just human beings yeah maybe he has like more of an education than I do but uh, you know there's there's books all around the world you know you can read them and uh, there's you know if you have a dream stick to it don't give up do it I mean I never thought that I would be a a professional motorcycle rider at, at the stage that I am, but uh, I just I stuck to it and I work my butt off and I'm here. With
0: I mean, you have a lot of life ahead of you. What's the what's do you have like a dream that you'd like to pursue? That's maybe I mean it could be that you just want to stick in this world because you found what you absolutely love. But is there yeah. is there something in that vein or outside of it that you really want to pursue?
1: Probably monster trucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be sick. <laughs> do you think? Like, do you see yourself pursuing it, and why or why
1: not? I, I've, I've, I've thrown out some feeders there a little bit. Um, I don't, I don't know if it would ever come about. I just need to, uh, I need to figure it out for sure. Yeah, that, I think that that's something that could be really cool. Sweet. Yeah. Um.
0: So we talked about what you're most proud of in the sport. What would you say is a trait
1: of yours that helped you get to where you are now? Uh. T- just don't give up, you know, like, I mean, if you get knocked down 10 times, stand up 11, you know, it's just one of those things where life, life can be hard sometimes, but, you know, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, and, uh, just keep working. Sweet, so you have this race coming up,
0: uh, this weekend, Mm -hmm. uh, how are you feeling going into it?
1: Uh, I feel good, um, you know, like I said, I haven't had that much time on the bike, but, uh, you know, I mean, I already have one race this season under my belt since my injury and it, it was going good before it didn't so um I think I think it'll be fun. It'll be a good it'll be a good weekend, you know. We'll get to travel around a little bit, get to see Paris. Um and uh yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I mean being a young being a young kid like if I if I were to talk to my ten year old self, tell him like all the stuff that you know I would I've done and everything. I feel like my younger self would be pretty pretty stoked that I'm getting to travel around the world and ride a dirt bike.
0: When you go to a new place, is there one like what is there one thing that
1: you try to do in every place? Uh yeah, I mean just try to find a good breakfast spot. What's your what's your favorite breakfast? Uh, probably like a scramble or something. You know like, um, hmm. Do you
0: try to get like the same breakfast no matter yeah, where you are? Yeah, I I
1: try to try like omelets everywhere, you know, cuz you can never go wrong with an omelet. Um I don't I try to stay away from the sweets and stuff like that, but like a good like I don't know, a good like like potatoes and yeah, and what goes in know, the omelet? Uh cream omelet. <sighs> no cheese. No cheese. No cheese.
0: Controversial, I have to cut that part No out, cheese.
1: Yeah. No cheese, but like I don't know, obviously like bacon, ham and veggies. Just like just a I just don't know. loaded up yeah, loaded cheese. Like garden with a little bit of a protein in there. Yeah, nice avocado on top. Avocado's <laughs> gotta be on top. And then all uh, right, what's your favorite part about living here in Marietta? Um, just the convenience for everything. Uh you know, in our sport, uh, convenience helps a lot, you know. Uh so that's that's what I would say. Um, and then, uh, it, you know, in the mornings, like say if I did get up for a cycle, you know, you it, we're, we live close to the wineries. So, um, you know, you get up super early in the morning, like right when the sun comes up and if you go for a ride, you can see like all the hot air balloons in the air and then you have the mountain views and it's just, you know, the sun come out it's really nice. It's a nice. Wow, it's living. Yeah. Wow. It's good.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, Alex. Of course. Uh, any closing thoughts that you have or any, anything that's percolated since we started talking? uh i need to minimize my screen time <laughs> it's something that we're all working on oh right? yeah, yeah 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 well that's the whole point is like we're all guilty of the addiction yes, of, of social media and our phones and distractions in our life inside and out of the car um, so a matter of having the awareness which you're you have and you have the tools to keep moving forward so yeah It'll happen. Oh, yeah. All right. Sweet. Well, thank you so
1: much. All right, man. man. Thanks for having me. Cool. Well, good luck in Paris. Thank you.
0: So that is Alex Ray. Thank you so much for listening. I'm not super in touch with the folks that I've interviewed since talking to them, but I did do a little bit of digging on social media on Alex's channel recently, and it seems that he has suffered another injury, uh, and that's a common thing to happen in this sport. And I'm not sure if he is continuing with the season, but I think he is starting to think about what's going to be next after motocross. And there are so many people in this sport who suffer career ending injuries really early on and never get to uh, see what their full potential is. And that's just one of the, the risks that come along with being on a super powerful motorized cycle, also known as a motorcycle. And so wishing Alex all the best. Anyways, I really appreciated him sitting down with me for this series. And I am curious to know what you think. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave positive feedback, give a good review, and subscribe to Max's Tires on YouTube, Eyes Up Ride on Instagram, so you don't miss these podcasts or any of the future videos which come out every two weeks that is bi-weekly people and if you haven't seen Alex's video check it out it came out two days ago it's in my feed and on that YouTube page that I mentioned and as promised a little preview for who is going to be next in the middle of June June 14th wow we are really cruising through this year Don Maeda is going to be on the show he is a journalist and host of swap moto live also avid 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 mountain biker and i haven't ridden with him but from what i can tell he is a very strong mountain biker as well so that is in two weeks we'll see you then thanks again for listening have a great couple weeks we'll talk to you soon bye-bye